This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome to the second hour of Kelly and Ramya on AMI. We've got lots more content coming your way. Young Wang is checking in with us a little later on, and we're talking about the upcoming Lunar New Year. Of course, celebrating Chinese New Year as well, so she's got lots to share on that front. Our monthly Voices segment falls today on the third Tuesday of every month, and Paula Deneen, who we've finally brought on TV is bringing is telling <laughs> us all on about, period yeah 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 period on the show uh, she's joining us for voices we talk about you know passions and hobbies and different things that are important to us she's the manager of live production here at AMI so she'll tell us a little bit about her role as well but uh, right now we're going to have a community report before we get into the community report I'm just tossing so much info at you right now you can catch the pulse this Thursday at uh 1 30 p.m eastern time slash 10 30 pacific on ami audio and this week joita gupta the host of the show is speaking with sue phillips vice president of the end of life doula association of canada about why people should prepare for the dying process so that's this Thursday, uh, just a couple days from now, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 Pacific. You can catch live on AMI-audio. And, of course, it will be released as a video podcast on YouTube. Great Community. Topic. Oh, yeah, it is. It, it really is, and I'm excited to hear what she gets into. A very serious, wow. uh, somber topic, but important nonetheless. Let's get For into sure. our community report that we do uh, to kick off the second hour at this time. Once a month, our community reporters join us to give us uh, context and news about events and happenings in their area. And we're going to Medicine Hat, Alberta right now to check in with Tony Frymark. Tony, welcome to the show. Welcome, guys. Hard to believe it's 2023 and here I know. we are. <laughs> I know. We talked to you a couple uh, days before the new year uh, during one of our test period conversations, and now, boom, the new year has come. It has. Yes. You've got lots of information for us, though, from Medicine Hat, Alberta, and sometimes the surrounding areas as well. Uh, let's talk about the facilitator for CNIB Medicine Hat Peer Support Group. Is that you? Are you the facilitator? I am not the okay. facilitator. That, that is why they are looking for a facilitator to facilitate the group, the CNIB support group here in Medicine Hat. It's They're looking for somebody to facilitate that once a month to have it at the Medicine Hat Public Library. So the facilitator would uh, be responsible for coming up with kind of the topics or activities or um, whatnot and have it at the library. If anybody is interested in that, they can give Twyla a call at the CNIB in Calgary and um, we can get the ball rolling for, for this because it was happening, but now with the times we haven't had it for three years and I think it would be great to have it uh, have it happen here for those uh, living with vision loss. I'm uh, admiring that 
they understand that there's a challenge right now, that there is no facilitator. But instead of just cutting out the group altogether and saying, oh, well, I guess no more peer support, um, they're saying, let's find a facilitator because there might be someone out there who's willing to do the job, take on the role. And we know, because of all the conversations we've had with you and everybody else on the show last year, that peer support is so important. It's unparalleled to anything else. And in the community, we have people who are new to disability coming to terms with so much stuff and um, better, no better way to do it than to get on a call or in person with a bunch of people like you who've gone through it. Yeah, exactly. Amazing. And you so never know how the effect is, right? Like, you could have a room of 20 people and and they're going to gravitate not necessarily to the facilitator maybe mm -hmm. but the person who one day sits beside them you know one day out of the maybe 6 10 they've already been to and yet and something they say you can take away from that's the one thing about a group like this especially for people new to the, maybe disability or whatever any group is like that yeah yeah and just knowing that there's people people like yourself or like us living in this world like to know you're not alone, right? Exactly. Like maybe that yeah. person had found, you know, somebody living with a vision loss and there you go, you, you found it, you, let's go to that person. You know, I got someone to talk to. I know someone that's went through it. Yeah. And then that's yeah. on so many angles, right? Like how to use the technology, how to find services for disability, how to um, have like just emotional conversations about what you're going through, any of it. How to laugh again, mm -hmm. how to, not be afraid of crossing streets or if you are going to be afraid how to manage that and do it because it has to be done. There are so many different things that people start learning and not feeling so, oh my gosh, I'm alone with this fear. No, you're not, man. I'm terrified every time I cross the street. And I, I think those are such useful things for people to at least know. You feel that way? Yeah, I do. That's comforting. Tony, let's talk a little bit about assured income here. Uh, your next item that you have for us is an assured income for the uh, severely disabled with a 6% benefit increase. Yay! Sounds good. Yeah, so this is really good for those that are on the assured income for the severely handicapped. So for those of you that aren't uh, aware of what that is, that's a financial uh, financial program that is for those that are living with a vision loss or a disability rather, sorry, just focused on vision loss today, right? But mm. uh, it's those living <laughs> with a handicapped. And uh, yeah, it's uh, as uh, Kelly mentioned, the 6% uh, increase. So that was 1685. And then in January of this year, it went from that to 1787. So $101 increase. So that should really help uh, those that are on it. And um, there's other programs that uh, got an increase as well. If people are interested in that, they can just uh, check out the information that I provided. But um, yeah, I think it's a great thing. Uh, yeah. It's a very, yeah. very hard program to get on. But uh, well, to know that uh, they got that increase is great. Along with the increase, I really wish they would change the name of it. <laughs> start yeah, no kidding. Updating right? the language, oh. please. Um, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. 
but uh, of course well, it's... I, I think we struggle with also, all of us can sit back and say, wow, that's nice, 101, but then you always think, when was the last time it was raised? You think about yeah. the time, everybody's talking inflation and food going up, so you, you, you start saying, well, how far behind... Are they anyway? And again, not knowing some of the costs that some of the you know people are going to be needing this money for just to get through day to day because of cost of living, because of costs of disability. Um, you know, you start saying, "Hey, this is good," and you do have to say, "This is good." <laughs> it has to happen sooner or later. But uh, uh, it really, you know, and it's nice to hear. And I don't mean at all, ladies and gentlemen, to sound like, "Oh, well, when's the next increase?" You know, I don't mean to take that kind of attitude. But we know how tough things are for for everyone uh, mm -hmm. these days. And you can just imagine when someone has costs that maybe the rest of us don't have. Um, you can check out, the look for the link, folks, to this too, at ami.ca slash Kelly Co. Mm -hmm. And final topic of the day for our community report with you, Tony, CCB presenting the uh, users group for Android accessibility. And this, I, I don't know if this is national yet, but it's definitely hitting a few provinces and localities around the country through CCB. So tell us more about this one. Oh, yeah, it's basically all over the place because uh, cool. yeah. it's all over Zoom. So uh, Matthew and Tracy, they set up this group that's been running for two, three years now. And it is basically for those that are living with vision loss or that are blind that are having troubles uh, running their Android devices, whether it be the phone, the tablets, Come to that group. It's every uh, every third Wednesday of the month. It runs from five Mountain Standard Time to six thirty. And if people are interested in signing up for it, they can simply send the email to aaug.canada@gmail.com, and Tracy or Matthew will get in contact with you, provide you the information that is needed. Bring your questions, bring your concerns. Sometimes they have uh, topics and whatnot, and that's happening tomorrow. Okay, fantastic. Uh, An AAUG for Android Accessibility User Group. And, and I, I switched completely from using Android, uh, Samsung phone, to Apple everything now, but I'm really impressed with the kind of mm. upgrading mm. that's going on overall for that ecosystem, Google, Samsung, all the above, and also... Um, people in the community taking it upon themselves to be like, and let's keep moving it so that yeah. we have the info. Well, I, I also oh, just love these groups that form because, you know, before, well, everyone's using Apple. No, not really. There's a small percentage of people that started to grow. But even before it started to grow, because the only way you can grow it is to know about it. So people got ahead and said, you know what, we need these groups that are going to start helping teach mm -hmm. people so that choice, once again, there's our favorite word, choice can happen. Yeah, no, it's great to see. Tony, do you use Android products? Yeah, I have the both both of best worlds. I got the Google Pixel 6a, and then I got my iPads. So okay, wow. And, and do you use, um, if you don't mind sharing, like low vision features, screen reader? No, not that often. Sometimes I use the voiceover on my on my tablet or on my iPad if uh, it's a lengthy document mm -hmm. or I can't read the. But I do use like the increased font and stuff like that. But other than that, no, I haven't really got to deal with talk back yeah. or anything. It's kind of I don't really mm -hmm. like the voice of it. Yeah. 
I know that uh, in the low vision community specifically, there are a lot of great features on Android devices that they've kept around and continued upgrading. So really cool about this oh. group. Uh, awesome, Tony. Thanks for the community report. We'll check in with you yeah, next month. You. Yeah, see you next month. Awesome. Tony Freimark joining us from Medicine Hat, Alberta. And again, as Kelly said, if you go to ami.ca slash code, that continues to be the URL for our blog. And you can still get all the community report details info over there. After the break, we're checking in with Young Wang, and she's going to tell us about Lunar New Year, about Chinese New Year, all the significance behind it, and of course, how their family celebrates. This is Kelly and Ramia. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Well into the second hour of Kelly and Ramya, but we are here until 4 p.m. Eastern time. So stick around because we have much more conversation coming your way. The one we're getting into right now is about an upcoming day, a significant day for our um, people in our communities and around Canada. Young Wang is a writer and a disability advocate, and she's joining us on the third Tuesday of every month for discussions on a range of topics. Today, we're talking about the Lunar New Year. Young, Hello. sorry, no introduction doorbell for you yet, but <laughs> nice to have you on the show. How <laughs> are okay. you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? It's okay, Young. I yeah. did the same thing. I sat there and thought, oh, did I lose everyone or right, something right. go wrong? That's what it is. These awkward silences <laughs> with, Hi, the, with the new setup oh, and we're all nice going, nice to have you. Who's here? Who's not? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what we always do? We think first, oh, I've been cut off somehow. Something's yeah. happened. Uh-oh, there's yeah. a tech problem and it's me that's gone. Yeah. I think I'll go and get something to eat. Yeah, I think it's important <laughs> on radio and television to not default to silence, you know, but we're still we're yeah. working on it. We're amateurs. They taught that, they yeah, taught that to us in it. school. <laughs> Young, um, mm -hmm. it's so nice to have you on. Happy New Year. And speaking of New Year. Thank you. January 22nd is a very significant day to many Asian uh, people in the Asian community. So tell us about it. Yes, it is uh, the Spring Festival, the start of uh, the Spring Festival. Um, in Chinese uh, lunar ca uh, calendar, it's the first day of the new year. So in English, uh, it's also called uh, Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell me something. It, it's interesting to me that the holiday has, has different names in English. Which one do you prefer to use? Well, I like uh, the Spring Festival because <laughs> uh, in yeah. Chinese, um, the it's called the Chunjie. So if you translate it uh, word for word, it's exactly Spring Festival. Mm. Um, yeah, the start of the spring to wow. celebrate. And having the, and here in Canada, of course, we love anything that suggests in January the spring. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. The way but the cold in and many, the weather. What a wonderful warm thought. Yeah. I know, but in, in China, it's also the, uh, the winter, but um, right. many areas in China, 
the spring comes like a one month or even two months earlier than here in Canada. Mm-hmm. But also like uh, at the deepest of the winter, it's uh, the spring conceives and uh, starts. So that's uh, pretty much uh, oh, uh, the yes. idea of Chinese philosophy, right? It's mm-hmm. the reversal movement of objects. Yeah. So yeah, that's the a day we celebrate the spring, the start of the spring. I love it. I, I love hearing about um, different cultures and how you celebrate in your own culture, because we just over the past weekend, we celebrated Thumber New Year, which is the start of the calendar for us, the start of January. So for you, I'm curious about how your family celebrating the holiday and um, what's fun for you and the significance as well behind different things. Um, well, when I think of it, it's uh, always the family reunion, um, at, like uh, New Year's Eve dinner or lunch for some families is the most important meal. Uh, but before that, it's uh, like a very tiring ordeal to do the cleaning, like thorough cleaning. Um, <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I was often assigned to clean uh, the bookshelves. And I took, you know, every book out, dust oh, it, and I hi. began to read books. So it took even a long longer. Long time for me, <laughs> yeah, to finish the work. And uh, and yeah, and we prepare food for maybe one week, because uh, in the first uh, few days you're not supposed to touch knives. Um, oh and wow! Everybody like yeah, yeah is doing something. Um, so it's tiring but very rewarding. Because then you have like clean house, you have a lot of food, but also everybody is working toward the same happy goal, right? Right. So yeah, it's like a quality family time. That's yeah. Wow. Is well, I'm goal... picturing you on the floor reading, never getting. It's like that that young kid that's told clean up your room, and it takes days for them to get it done. But here you are, every book you take down, you're sitting there reading, and oh yeah, I'll get back to the dusting. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Rob. <laughs> I was just going to ask Young um, if the goal is to have your house thoroughly cleaned by the start of the year. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you leave everything. Um, you leave everything like bad or, um, you know, dirty in the old year, right? You want mm. to start the, the new year uh, with, uh, yes. uh, yeah, everything clean, clean everything. And, and, and new. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. Hope for okay. better. Yeah. Okay, else? Ramya. Yes. You want to know about the food? Yes. <laughs> oh, food. Tell us um, about that uh, yeah, food. It- Okay, so in different parts of China, people have different uh, food tradition. I know people in the north, they uh, like dumplings are a must. So, but uh, in my hometown, like uh, um, it belongs to eastern part of China, I almost never ate dumplings when I was a kid. Uh, we eat rice, and but uh, a must to have a must have dish is uh, fish. Because uh, in mm. Chinese it's called yu, and it's uh, same anou- pronunciation as uh, like abundance. Uh, so it's like symbolic. So you have to have fish mm. at the New Year's Eve dinner. Yeah, I and, like that. and some uh, rice balls or meat balls because it's round, so it symbolizes for reunion. You know, together. Oh. Um, yeah, and, and uh, like a food, right? So, yeah. It's... Any other symbols like that? Like you talked about the cleaning 
um, and, and leaving the old in the old year, right? And then the, the round for the foods. Any other symbols that are very significant? People uh, decorate the door, so you have that uh, couplets uh, written on red um, uh, paper, and you hang on the door, and also you have a upside down uh, Chinese character, a happiness, like uh, the character Fu, mm -hmm. um, mm. and it's upside down because upside down um, the the word the the character for that in chi uh, Chinese means also has the same. Uh, pronunciation as uh, arrive like a uh, come oh, so oh, that right. means the happiness comes so oh, yeah. I love that oh that oh, is really yeah. tremendous symbolic um, mm -hmm. any other symbols i guess no? different families have their own uh different uh, you know symbols or it's so different um for example yeah. uh i i i I didn't know people would also um, uh, pay respect to some gods, like deities, mm. uh, like the god who's in charge of uh, your cooking, uh, uh, your cooking, like cooking god. Um, oh. So one week before uh, New Year's Day, uh, you gotta like cook a lot of good food to pay tribute to this right. god, because that's the day. He's supposed to go back to heaven and report um, how your household behave, like uh -oh. during the year. So you gotta, <laughs> you gotta, you know, so you, uh, make good food for him. It's like bribing with food. Uh, <laughs> That's yeah. beautiful. Also That's beautiful. To, yeah. Also to thank him for you know blessing the food, right? Mm -hmm. but, right. Uh, right. And also on the on the fourth day, like January fourth, in the calendar, uh, lunar calendar. Um, it's the day where like a uh, money god comes back from heaven. So you got to meet him and you fire firecrackers. But in my family, uh, my father was kind of anti-traditional. See, he thought uh, that they were all like superstitions mm. <laughs> to be ignored. <laughs> so my family didn't really celebrate th those days. And I was... Um, I only realized that you know, people did it when I visit my auntie. Like she lived in a village by uh, uh, Yangtze River, mm. um, and I I got to know that God, you know, cooking God, and I didn't know this uh, money God until I was in my thirties <laughs> when I worked in Shanghai. And on January fourth, I was woken up by that sound wave of firecrackers, and I was wondering you had no what idea. happened. Yeah, I have no idea. So maybe Everybody's that's why looking for the money my God, father yeah. nor myself got rich. <laughs> that's yeah. amazing. And the, I, ho I hope you reminded your father that all the time. You know, we would have got rich maybe if you had. <laughs> yeah. Um, you maybe. also have some He's other interesting. Exactly. Oh, yeah. But up until then, yes. I, you know, I was like, oh, boy, you know, we, we could have. <laughs> you also have some interesting details about this year's celebrations for us. This year, this year, like, uh, like January 21st is the New Year's Eve. Um, I... Yeah. And 22nd, New Year's Day. That day, usually people uh, visit your uh, friends or relatives uh give gifts um then then and 
like uh, it you the traditional um new year lasts uh, for at least uh, 15 16 days so the last day would be a full moon day the first full moon in the new year mm. and uh, this year will be february the 5th so it's also called the lantern festival um so a lot of uh, beautiful lanterns will be hung and uh, maybe there are like riddles um uh kids will like try to figure out fit uh, riddles ah, there'll be games nice. uh yeah do you find young because i'm curious about what's more widely known in the for people who aren't part of um celebrating chinese new year and lunar new year do people know more about what's coming up on the 22nd as the first day or are people more for some reason um uh, tapped into when you have the lantern festival and the the full moon day like a new year's day would be a new moon day Right. So usually it's the second uh, new moon day after winter uh, solstice. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, like me, I need to specifically uh, go, uh, go look it up because I don't really know what day right. it will be the New Year's Day. Yeah, I need to look it up. Yeah. And the general public, like, do you find that, you know, on social media or uh, other ways where we hear about Chinese New Year, are we celebrating more the the new moon or the full moon 15 days after? Oh, the new moon. The, 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 new, moon. the, okay. the new Year's Day will be new moon day. Got yeah. it. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. end will you... be a full moon day. Yeah. Yes. And, and how about here in Canada? How, what, what traditions, because as you said, it's different in different parts um uh, over there in china so what is it like when you talk about it here in canada with people who have moved and live here or second or third generations hmm. i find out i care more about uh, celebrating it when i came here because i want mm -hmm. my kids to keep that tradition um uh and and people like in chinese community uh they'll uh, organize parties uh some people will have that lion dance like a dragon dance um yeah yeah so different so and i it's uh, available like uh, availability is right. an issue because mm. here you don't really get so many things um and also uh, you don't have that uh, uh, official holidays. Yes. So I always encourage my kids, you know, take a leave, you know, if you're in school, take take uh, one day or two leave. I wish someday, you know, every ethnic, like, uh, peoples, they, they can get to take, a, like, a paid leave from work or children at school. They won't be counted as absence when Absent, they take right. their traditional holidays. Well, because yeah, we're like an immigrant country. I was going to say, could be. because no matter what community you're from, when those special mm -hmm. celebration days come out throughout the year, there is that bit of sourcing out and finding the community. You got to like research it or get together with others who are also celebrating, who also have the same traditions. Because here, because of all the beautiful, wonderful, um, uh, multiculturalism we have to kind of search for people who are doing what we're doing so we can remember and celebrate and recognize young thank you so much this was awesome 
Thank you, and happy the Spring Festival. <laughs> happy Spring Festival to you, and to Lunar New Year, and to Thank Chinese you. New Year for anyone who's celebrating. Coming up next, we're talking voices on our monthly voices segment with Paula Deneen, manager of live production. We'll be right back. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Continuing our hangout here on Kelly and Rumia. Thanks for tuning in. This is Accessible Media Inc. You're uh, either on AMI-tv or on AMI-audio, so stick around even after the show because there's a lot of great content coming your way. We're always talking disability, lots of great, interesting, accessible, and inclusive perspectives being shared across the network at all times. And um, we like to get guests on our show. Sometimes it's a bit of a process getting some guests on, but eventually, ah. yes. eventually we get them on, right, Kels? Yeah, somehow we break them down, get them to uh, agree to come on. I think most of the time it's to shut us up, but still, <laughs> nonetheless, long as you arrive at that. Yeah, yeah. nonetheless, long as we arrive at the same place. Uh, folks, we call this segment our Voices segment, and what we do on it, we like to hear about one's passions, drives, and any comments on topics that the person who is our guest may find important. Today, we're lucky enough to be joined by Paula Deneen, manager of live production here at AMI. P, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? All Good. right. Um, you've been getting lots of sleep? Oh, tons of sleep. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after uh, all this launch back into the new studio, new control room for now and for uh, Kelly and Ramya. I, I would imagine the sleep is a little better, to say the least. <laughs> It's definitely getting better, but I, I just want to start off by saying you guys have been doing a fantastic job. Uh, this is week two, and it's looking and sounding great. And uh, yeah, we we relaunched uh, now with Dave Brown as well in a new control room, new studio space, and I'm just so happy with how everything is coming together. So yes, I I hope the sleep will uh, will start happening a little bit more now. But uh, I drank an energy drink just for you guys. Oh my. Okay, good, good. We want that alert, uh, that um, clear conscience. Anyway, uh, that, that'll be safe for later. Um, let's start with, you grew up in southwestern Ontario. I want you to tell me, since, of course, that's where I am right now, uh, you spend time in both locations, Toronto and southwestern Ontario. Tell us what you love and hate about each location. As, that can be a very loaded question, Kelly, as you know, but being from that area, I did actually spend a lot of time in London, um, where where you're located, and London was the big city for me when I was growing up, uh, even though it's, uh, what's the what's it about now, like 380,000 people? Oh, I think we're um, over four now. I think we're 425. Oh, are we under, okay. I, uh, yeah, I so, so around that time anyway, it was, a, it was around that 380 mark, and it would, it would expand by about 50 to 60,000 people people a year when school was in session because they have Western and they have Fanshawe there, which are both uh, fairly large schools. But I grew up in a in a very small 
town outside of London, about 20 minutes outside. So I love the small town atmosphere. My parents are still there. So I go back there quite a bit. Um, but it also does get a little tired when all you have is one grocery store and uh, and a shopper's drug mart. But that's what the big city is for. That's what going to London on the weekends was for, to to get out there and, uh, and do your shopping and get everything that you need done. But living in a city like Toronto now, it's completely different from London even, um, where you have everything at your disposal. But it's just, there's a lot of people here, a lot of noise. Us, us Londoners used to love that trip. Well, sorry, let me rephrase that. Londoners enjoy going to Toronto for that special trip. I know for myself, once I started working there and people would ask me, what's so big about London? What's that? And I, I always, I mean, I'll be the first to mention the faults of, of, of any of any place I'm at because I'm a complainer that way. But, you know, Toronto had its positives, its negatives, which is what really brought me to wanting to ask you that. But we looked forward going to the big city. And for me, going to Toronto was kind of ruined when I started working there. I was there all the time. So it, it wasn't as as special. But you look at it at that different way, too, that London, hey, coming in from Ingersoll to go into London for some shopping on a Saturday, you know, it's, it's a really nice feel. Um, and did you find that when you worked in Toronto, were there all the time? You know, of course, obviously, the mystique of Toronto is washed off. But was there things being in Toronto that you really hated about it, the busyness or or whatever? And when you'd go home, oh, nice. I still, to this day, every time I go back to my parents' place, um, will always comment on how quiet it is there. And even though they live right by train tracks, it is just the the silence <laughs> in that neighborhood. Yeah. It's just such a quiet place to be. There's no sirens. There's not a ton of cars. There's not people milling about all the time. So it's just, you sit in the backyard and you just hear the wind and the and the trees and the birds and ah, all the animals yeah. right and you just take a take a breath in and you're able to to disconnect a little bit from the go 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 of of that urban life i feel like that'll always be a novelty you know if you're going back and forth from toronto enough uh, or from any urban center it's like anytime i hear quiet i'm like this is awesome just gonna have mm-hmm. to stay here like this for a while it just recharges you a little yeah, bit, right? It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, you went to school in London, Paula. Can, what did you take? Tell us a little more about this. So my career started in audio, and I went to school for audio engineering um, at a small private college in London, not one of the big ones that I, I mentioned earlier. Um, it's uh, At that time, it was about 60 students, uh, and it's called the Ontario Institute of Audio Recording Technology. So it's you know very focused on, on audio and the different aspects, whether it be uh, studio recording or audio for movies or television or um the the video game sound design we kind of touched on on all of those aspects of the the audio landscape at that time so it was it was a great experience i i made a lot of friends there actually someone uh just reached out to me today because they saw a picture of our new control room uh on linkedin and uh, my name happened to be up on one of the zoom screen so it's like oh this is what you're doing now so (laughs) it's just that it's that that small little world where um someone he knew from a different industry posted a picture and hey i know that person that must be where they're working so it's uh it's really nice to to still be in touch with a lot of those people too Mm. so with going to the course 
and where you are now, let's let's rewind and think, gee, Paula starting school, as you started, as you started taking classes, as you got a year in, let's say half a year, I should say, into things, uh, where did you want to be? Where were you thinking by taking this course? Where did you want to end up? Well, much like you, Kelly, and I know, Ramya, you're also very big in the, the music scene. I was really interested in the music aspect of, of doing audio. Um, but the time I was going to this course, it was a, it was an interesting time in the in the music landscape because it's when a lot of the home studios were really becoming more accessible when it came to affordability. So that landscape was cha changing so much. Um, so I did uh, when I left college, I did a couple of uh, internships at at some studio spaces, and I really liked doing it, but that industry was was rapidly changing at that point. So I had to pivot along with it. And uh, eventually, uh, I think it was two years after graduation, I ended up at uh, at a little company called uh, NBRS, the National Broadcast Reading Service, which turned into AMI. And I've been here ever since. And I've been able to do a lot of really interesting things here, both in audio and now in TV. So it's been uh, it's been a great journey getting here, just starting off with music on the brain. And now yeah. I'm doing TV. And now this That's is your amazing. dream job, right? This is my dream job. Yes. Working with you guys every day. It is a dream. Oh, it's your nightmare That's job. exactly what I thought she was going to say when I asked the question. I thought yeah. she was going to say, well, of course, my target when I started Long story short. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to be here where I am talking to you guys in January 2023. But Paula, that is a... A real shift in the in two mm -hmm. years of, like you say, going in, seeing things change the landscape. And I don't know if that discussions happened while you were in school that, oh, boy, things are changing the landscape. But because you said, you you know, you did some work at studios. Um, what is it just the need for a job that kind of made you like, oh, look at this. This might be, yeah, I'll apply for this. Well, being able to afford rent and food is definitely yeah. a driving factor <laughs> when you're, you know, out of school and paying off your student loans. For sure. Uh, but, but also looking at something that I can, I can take the skills I have and and do some Applying. good with it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and coming into the to voice print. And, in the National Broadcast Reading Service. Kelly, you were already here at that point when I joined on. Um, and I was doing a lot of just dialogue editing, show editing. Uh, and then eventually it went into documentaries. So I was able to really take a lot of those skills that I had learned and, you know, fine tune them. And, you know, I got pretty good at, at doing that dialogue editing and then working on um, some more creative uh, areas where where we're doing documentaries and interview programs and uh, doing shows and then live remotes. It it all just kind of spiraled from there by getting that good base knowledge that I got at that program. Right, made it possible wow. for me to jump into any number of different areas. Yeah, but nonetheless, like you adapted throughout the years to all the different circumstances, changes at uh, either the company or like technologically. And as you said, as things become more available and continue to evolve, um, we have to take it upon ourselves to evolve with it, especially if we want to continue in the industry, right? It's just, it's, I think mm -hmm. it's fair to say that so many of us worry about that kind of thing. Like if I remember back to things I learned uh, five years ago at Seneca College, specifically on Pro Tools, and I'm thinking, you know, can I pick that back up and do it right now uh, as is? I don't think so. I think there'd be a lot of tweaks to the workflow mm -hmm. and 
the software and everything. Yeah, no, every, everything's changing and evolving, but you'd be surprised at how, how much you do retain mm. uh, and how much you can pick back up. But uh, yeah, this this industry, um, like a lot of industries, is going to be constantly changing, especially with technology. And, you know, now we're, we're doing a show where we have a host that's in London full time. And, you know, we'll be getting you in your home studio as well. And having having that is, is another big hurdle that we have that we have jumped over. Over. So it's it's constantly just looking at what technology is evolving out there and how we can utilize it to to get the best product across. And I think we're doing a we're doing a pretty decent job of that, and we're making some pretty big steps. Yeah. Well, I think about yeah, for, for sure. And I think about Paula those early days when you came, and we were sitting over by a window, a whole lineup of people recording people in some studios that were you know, like 60 feet away almost. And, you mm -hmm. know, we'd run back and forth, but we, the, the technology was there then starting and we stopped now and say, oh, here, here I am here in London and everything being handled from Toronto. It's, it just makes you stop and say, wow, how, how fast and how things change. Um, tell us about your position. What, what is a day-to-day -day work for you as we sat here talking about how you finally can get a little bit of rest um, with everything loaded in in the show's launch? Tell us what, what the position means. And it's a relatively new position at our company. Yeah, so I just moved into this role uh, in in the middle of last year, and at that time we were uh, about three quarters of the way through this big project of the new control room, the new studio space, bringing Kelly and Ramya to TV. This is something that's been in the works for for quite some time in the background. Um, so I was I had been involved in it up until that point, but then um, in in this new role now. I, I take over more of an editorial role as opposed to a technical role, which was my previous role as as the technical supervisor for AMI Audio. But the one thing that I had a lot of knowledge on was our live shows because they started out on AMI Audio and then we're moving over to TV. So the live show teams made the move with me over to the TV department. So it's really my, my knowledge and, and background of those live shows that is is going to help me out in in this new role as well uh, where it is more more editorial now um, a lot of it is just support of the live show teams making sure mm -hmm. that you guys are feeling good and comfortable making sure that the contributors have their contracts and they're getting paid in time and um, if we're doing travel making sure everyone has all their travel bookings so it's it's a lot of that behind the scenes work but then every once in a while you guys pull me onto the show and uh, and I get to chat with you for 20 minutes that's right you can't say no anymore um, but I can't is... say no anymore I'm not allowed that's our highlight right <laughs> Right, of your new uh, role, but what do you love about it so far? I love working with the live show teams. It is so nice to be able to hear all of the ideas and all of the collaboration. And and a lot of times, you know, the, the audience will see and hear the finished product, but they don't know what goes into it, what's, what's going into the scripts in the background, what's going into the images now that we're on TV, how you're working with your contributors. So uh, being able to work with you guys on all of that it's it's so nice to to feel that kind of energy and that camaraderie and that's something i really enjoy about working with the the live tv it's always changing 
Yeah, you know, it's it's two hour show every day for you guys and a two hour show every day for now with Dave Brown. So we got to keep pumping that amazing content out. And that takes a really good group of people in order to do that. Yeah, it grinds along. And as a matter of fact, it's kind of interesting because, as you said, you started this position and at a time where, you know, it's always fun to launch something new, but there was a launch of shows onto TV, a, a launch of a control room, a, a, a studio space that hadn't been used for a long time and needed to be revamped. There was a lot of the the kind of, I don't want to say first, but a lot of launching, a lot of heavy lifting that was kind of not really indicative of what your day-to-day -day is now. So now you'll stop and look around and say, Geez, what's there to do? But I'm sure there's plenty of paperwork <laughs> and things like that to do, P. Uh, yeah, and there's, al there's always new stuff coming down the pipe as well. So um, my job will uh, will kind of, it'll, it'll, it'll slow down a little bit in some regards, but then it's going to pick up in others. And I'm really interested in, in getting to be able to work a lot closer with you guys on, on some of the content and the, in those editorial directions that we're taking. And um, something that the audience should look forward to is also our live remotes. We're really excited this year to get out and, and do some live remotes with TV and get back out into the communities. Cause we haven't been able to do a lot of that in the last three years. So that's something where my focus is is going to be turning pretty soon as well and, and getting you guys out there and, and meeting the audience again. Well, you mentioned that, uh, you know, both Now with Dave Brown, which used to be live from Studio 5, uh, and us as Kelly and Company, we're all on audio before coming here. So you have a ton of audio files joining the TV team. I'm not sure how unique that is, but I think it's very exciting um, to continue <laughs> talking audio, especially on our service, right? Where audio description and just um, inclusivity in general is a big part of the conversation. For sure. It is. It's it's so huge that uh, that we focus on that audio content because that is that is what we were first and foremost was an audio information service and we've been able to evolve and to pivot and to change and uh, now we're doing these great TV shows and we've got a fantastic team in our control room who is making us look great but all in all as we were moving these shows over the primary focus was always on the audio mm -hmm. content and the content. Sure. of the shows so that's what we just have to keep focusing on and and then and then add on top of that to make it even better paula, paula thank, thank you. you so much making the time thank to be you. with us appreciate it paula denine manager of live production over here at uh, ami uh, really love having her on for our voices segment we do this once a month here on kelly and rumya and you can catch it uh, on the third tuesday of the month wrapping up the show after the break and going to give you a reminder of that contest we're running as well this is Kelly and Ramia. We're wrapping up the show here, and as we do, we're going to send you off with tons of information. So here we go uh, as we keep taking more notes. Um, I'm actually going to tell you really quickly about the next Braille Zoomers meeting. And if you have no idea what this is, it's a monthly meeting for people who are new to learning Braille, adult learners of Braille, and older adults as well. The next one is on February 4th, 2023, and they're saying touch up your light 
life with tactile markers. Uh, this is across Canada and on Saturday, February 4th, 1 p.m. Eastern time. You're going to be learning about how to use tactile markers and indicators, how to choose the best tactile markers, when to use a tactile marker versus a, a braille label, for example, to identify uh, a button or an object. And they're saying that if you're new to learning braille, this workshop is a lot of fun and a lot of new activities. It's being run by the AEBC, Alliance for Equitable equity for blind Canadians and you can learn more by going to their website or by googling as well the Alliance for Equity of Blind Canadians. Kelly let's quickly jump over to the contest that we're running at AMI because this is also fun. Yeah, a little over a week ago, we went on the air and launched this contest, folks. Enter now for a chance to win a Tempur Pro uh, adapt mattress. Tempur-Pedic mattresses are designed with one-of-a-kind temper material to precisely adapt to your weight, shape, and temperature, uh, offering unmatched comfort and support. For complete rules and how to enter, visit ami.ca slash kr contest you have till february 8th to get yourself into this contest folks and uh, win a really incredible incredible mattress and prize so it, it's beautiful and we thank the folks at tempurpedic for putting this up as we uh we launched our show rum cool okay well two down one more big thing to go let's bring on paul daniel one of the producers on now with dave brown that's the morning show on ami TV, and you can check that out at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on weekdays. He's going to give us a preview. Hello, Paul. Hey, um, hello, Ramya. On tomorrow's show, we'll speak with Tyler McGregor, captain of Canada's para ice hockey team, who is behind the Sledge Skate of Hope, a fundraiser inspired by Terry Fox's Marathon of Hope. He'll tell us all more about it. Arnold Kopecky gives us an assessment of the recent UN Biodiversity Conference that, that took place in Montreal last month. While countries did agree to some lofty goals, how realistic are those goals, and how how much how much expectations should we have with those uh, goals that were reached? And China's Sarah Vanamuthu is in the process of looking for a home. She tell us more about her house hunting experiences. Amazing! Oh, that's going to be interesting—a first-hand account of uh, housing, and I think Montreal, right? That's where you Sounds to terrifying. Uh, Sounds terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> all right, she'll definitely be able to fill time with that conversation. Thanks, Paul. Looking forward to all the content. Take care. Paul Daniel is one of the producers on Now with Dave Brown. Again, check that show out 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI TV. Your host, Dave Brown, has all that and more for you. Okay, Kelly, let's talk about what's coming up on our show tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time um, because there's a lot going on there as well. I also want to tell you that if you miss any of today's episode, any of future episodes, you can always go and visit your favorite podcast platform for the audio-only podcast of Kelly and Ramia. On tomorrow's show, we have conversations about health care changes in Ontario. That's with our registered nurse, Leslie DePoe. And Margaret Weldon, I like this one. She's going to be explaining to us what complaining really is. I don't think I need an explanation. I know all about it. But she's also going to talk about how it can be bad for us. Never, never. We'll see what she has to say for sure. I think she can tell us maybe like how we can be productive with our complaining, you know, advocacy angles. Exactly. Hopefully. Be a little useful with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Better mental health can still be with our, um, with our complaining. 
That is all tomorrow. Thanks for hanging today and stop by tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.